We're excited to launch season three of the Love Fort Wayne podcast. The Love Fort Wayne podcast connects the stories of leadership happening in Northeast Indiana to imagine, inspire, and ignite transformation in leaders 20 to 25 minutes at a time. I'm Jeff King, CEO and Executive Director of Love Fort Wayne. At Love Fort Wayne, we know that the pillars of a flourishing community are its schools, its leaders, churches, and families. Join us as we learn from leaders across the region on how to not just lead, but love our city. Hi, I'm Mitch Cruz, and welcome to our Love Fort Wayne podcast, uh, where we just try to share what God is doing to advance his kingdom in our community as we don't just lead, but love our city. And it is my distinct privilege to introduce the CEO (laughs) of Love Fort Wayne. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Jeffrey Lynn King. (laughs) See, when I let, listen, those listening. When Mitch kicks off the show, he throws in my full government name, <laughs> including my amazing middle name. <laughs> that you don't like. That I don't like. <laughs> but it's mine. It is. Jeffrey Lynn King. Is, is, uh, thank you, Mitch. My pleasure. For the warm introduction to the, the Love Fort Wayne podcast. And yeah, we're talking to everyday people, everyday leaders um, who, who are making kingdom impacts in our community. And um, we got people that listen from outside of our community, but I think it's cool that we get a chance to tell stories from within our community in mm-hmm. um, so many different various ways, but specifically folks that are connected to schools, folks that are that are connected to leaders or leading in our cities, uh, pastors and ministry uh, leaders in our community, and those who are serving and loving on families in unique ways. And um, we're, we're rooted in that particular pillar uh, today, as we have Sandra and, and Janice here, and and I'm gonna let you ladies do your. I won't do you like Mitch did me. <laughs> no, middle, no middle names. But I, but I don't. But I don't. I don't mind it, Mitch. You're, he's my guy. But I, I always love when those folks who are joining us. So welcome, first of all. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you here, and uh, you guys are doing amazing work together. Uh, and I love that word. I know that's important to you together, yeah. mm-hmm. not just um, you two ladies together, but with other people in our community, yeah. uh, specifically in the area of trauma and it, how it impacts uh, families and individuals and in our community as a whole. And so I'm excited to have that conversation. But uh, where I started with was I'm going to let you introduce yourselves a little bit about who you are, uh, maybe some of your history and background of what led you here to Fort Wayne and in our area, doing the work that, that the Lord has asked for you to do that he's called for you to do. Sure. You want me to go first? Yeah, go <laughs> um, married for 23 years, raising three boys, 21, 19, and 10, and um, have always had a passion for empowering people, those that are just, and especially that are in a vulnerable state, um, just being that encouragement to them. My background was Department of Corrections. I worked for a state of Illinois uh, for a good 13 years. And then I had also worked for an international anti-trafficking organization for seven years. And so, again, just um, have had a heart and a passion for justice. And I think over time, uh, for me, it was being on the tail end of that rescue and restore and the end of the line for youth and what could we do on the front end? Mm. 
What could we do? Where can we get to some of the systemic? Can we, how do we keep people um, from even falling into some of these areas? And so that was um, part of my path um, and how the, even the initiative was created um, and how we could get on that front end. Thank you. Sandra, yeah. when you mentioned Department of Corrections, I set up a little straighter <laughs> <laughs> in my chair. Your best <laughs> yes, ma'am. You're doing good, Mitch. You're doing good. <laughs> well, I'm actually a Fort Wayne native, yeah. like born and raised. Yeah. Um, you know, this community is where my foundations were built. Mm. Um, so my background is in marriage and family therapy, mm. and I've worked both in the clinical world and the church and nonprofit world. I lived overseas for three years in India, working with trafficked and vulnerable children. And so at the heart of that is trauma and the brokenness of our world. And when I came back to Fort Wayne um, from being overseas, it was just waiting and seeing where can I step back into the community mm -hmm. and contribute and um, have a passion for educating and teaching so that people are empowered to be healthy, empowered to heal, empowered to know. And I would even say for our leaders to be empowered to lead mm -hmm. in a way that um, is informed by the health of the people that are underneath their leadership and how they can best serve them, which I think is really important. Yeah, I love that part. I was, um, I've had conversations over this, this year, Mitch, that, um, Folks have talked not only about mental health, but mental wellness. Mm -hmm. And I think for my personal journey of just self and my family is um, if I'm mentally well, I, I, it's okay for me to still pursue mental wellness. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love that you said that because I think sometimes as folks are leading others, they might look at their people, their organization, their family and say, we're cool, we're good. Mm -hmm. um, but there's an importance of being taught and understanding um, how to continue to pour into your people so that they can continue to experience mental wellness because we just never know what catalytic event might happen yeah. in someone's life where their, uh, their trauma or someone that you might, I'm gonna use this word very lightly, inherit as a part of your team, your mm -hmm. organization, your company, that that is their history. And so to be, I love that you mentioned that very, Last part, and I know that's part of you all's mission yeah. is to continue to equip and and train people. Um, so this this topic of mental health and mental wellness and um, and trauma um, and our call to be people that love and serve and and see those those individuals have who have experienced those things. Um, it's a positive hot topic in our society. Which I know you guys are like, yeah, like people are talking about this, mm -hmm. and there's there's no stigma behind it, and I have no issue on the microphone saying like I have a counselor, I have a therapist, and uh, my family, me individually, we've experienced traumas, mm -hmm. and we're we we know, and we're okay with talking about that with trusted people. Um, so it's a hot topic now, but why are you you interested in it? And like before, it became something that our communities talk about now more freely. Yeah. You were in it before. Yeah. And why was it something that your heart was drawn to? If for me, when you talk about human trafficking, substance abuse, trauma's all part. It's like, it's almost the three of them mm -hmm. collide together. And so 
the more I was learning about trauma, especially when we just went through what 2020 and the pandemic, it really impacted all of us. Mm-hmm. And and I think Janice can speak on this one a little bit, but I think a lot of people feel that when they talk about trauma, there's a big T, but there's a lot of little T's mm-hmm. that that go unnoticed. Um, we were talking earlier about um, kind of I'm okay, and those that have gone through the training to have self-identified, eh, maybe I'm not so okay. Yeah. Maybe there's some things that here that I haven't dealt with and unintentionally, unknowingly, I've kind of, I don't know if this is an eloquent way to say it, but I've bled all over people. Mm. Like my trauma has impacted unknowingly on other people. It'd be coworkers, you know, parenting, you know, kids, however that might be. And so um, to see the positive effects of people becoming aware of trauma, big T and little T, yeah. um, it's it that in and of itself, it's huge. When we know better, we do better. Janice? Well, you say know better, do better. There's a, a quote by Maya Angelou that says, do your best until you know better, then do better. Mm-hmm. And I love that because, one, it takes away the shame and regret of not knowing in the first place. And I think when it comes to trauma, trafficking, addiction, um, there's a lot that we don't know. We're just uneducated. And so to empower people to know so that they then can do better. Um, We talk a lot about being a proactive person versus a reactive person. And so I see what we're doing with the initiative being the proactive piece of that. We're helping people know ahead of time or know so that they can do better to be a trauma-informed, healthy, healing person. Mm -hmm. It's really empowering. Um, For me also, what is broken in relationship is healed through relationship. Mm -hmm. God created that. Mm -hmm. Relationship is where healing happens, whether that's a relationship with a family member, a friend, a therapist, or a relationship with God. Like in that connection and the safety of that relationship is where healing happens. And I think a lot of times we underestimate that, mm-hmm. that just being with a person, sitting with them, giving them voice is healing. And not only is it healing just relationally and on the outside, but actually it triggers healing in our brain. Like there's interactions that happen in the brain when we sit. Mm-hmm. face-to-face with someone, look at them in the eye, it triggers something in our brain. Yeah. And so stepping into relationship and equipping people to feel confident in that, it makes, makes us healing people. So good. Can you talk about the initiative? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it really was birth. It was around 2021. I'm a part of our local anti-trafficking coalition called ATNNI. We were looking for mentors to come alongside survivors of traffickers. And so in re- instead of reinventing the wheel, it was a matter of identifying organizations already in our awesome Fort Wayne area mm-hmm. that were already doing mentorship and how could we enhance their training to meet this need. And so that's how it started. And that's where Gateway Woods and 410 Ministries um, raised their hand to, to meet that need. And then we had people knocking on the door saying, well, can we? be a part of like, what are you doing? We want to understand more. 
Uh, we want to be better, How, you know, yada, yada, anywhere from nonprofits to just lay people. We've had um, grandmas and grandpas that just adopted their teenage daughter who had trauma in her life. And how can we best come alongside her and help her in her healing journey? We want to know, uh, equip us, give us tangible application that we can put um, into everyday living. And so audiences have been about 50-50. Uh, we started off with 20. And then by the end of last year, we had 167 go through the training. Um, it's been it's been exciting. Our next focus is actually on pastors and their staff. Yeah. And so um, we just really have a heart for making sure that the church is equipped um, when it comes to these topics of trauma, human trafficking, addictions, mm-hmm. and even mentorship and connecting people, con- having organizations come and connecting with participants and fanning that flame to get more people involved in mentorship. There's, uh, there's barriers when it comes to mentoring. People think, oh, I can't do that. Um, I, I can't. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a caseworker. I'm not, I can't fix. Well, guess what? We don't want you to. Yeah, right. Right. We, just, we need people who are willing to just come alongside. Mm-hmm. And if we can give you the knowledge and understanding and kind of get you in a better, that better place of understanding the people that you're coming alongside, it's, it's just amazing to see how that fans that flame and it takes those barriers down. So, so that's been exciting. Um, so that's the initiative without giving it away. What's the curriculum like, like what's a general idea of what somebody would go through? Sure. Well, it's bringing in the top experts in their field. And then, like I said, you have your nonprofits and lay people that come in and connecting them under one roof. So Janice does our trauma and then Nate Mollering from Fort Wayne Recovery, Allendale Treatment, um, he comes in and he does the substance abuse. Rob Parker from Gateway, he'll do uh, the mentorship, kind of bring it home at the end. Um, you have Jeremy Greenley, who comes in from the Indiana Trafficking Victims Assistance Program through the state, um, and he handles the, the human trafficking segment. So it's an all-day. Each segment's about 90 minutes. Rob does uh, about 60 at the minute. Doug Nolt will definitely give him a little highlight. He brings in food for lunch. It's really a good day. And the kicker. I hope it's wings some of the time. <laughs> some pretty good looking desserts. Too. There you go. And the awesome thing, Mitch, is it's free. Yeah. So you've yeah. got Whoa. Brotherhood Mutual and Ambassador Enterprises funding. Um, so it's free to the community. Mm-hmm. Free to the community. That's powerful. Your face is with my face. When I sat with her the first time, I said, oh, what? <laughs> uh, because th- at the heart of it is the heart of people who say, we, could, we can't do it all by ourselves. It's too big of, an, of a thing yeah. to try to do by ourselves. I've had people ask me a lot, ladies, like, what is one of the barriers to a transform- true transformation that only God can do uh, in our city for in many of these types of areas? Loving our families by by equipping people, everyday people, with what they can do to come alongside, yeah. what you're talking about. And I said the barrier is an exclu- exclusivity mindset, excuse me, where it's, I am the one that does the thing, and I don't care if we're running in similar lanes. I will not share the baton with you. I will not mm. run the race with you because I have to be known mm. for the one that does it. Mm. And what what the initiative is showing is that we can't really do it all by ourselves. And if it's truly for the greater good of the people that we're called to love as God loves us, then we'll do it together. Um, We'll do it together under one roof in one day for 90 minute segments. And, and people come in 
like the grandmother and the grandfather, all the way to those um, right. that are working in the industry, yep. serving in the industry, um, they come in and get equipped. So, so your face was like mine. I was like, this is so good. It's people that have lowered themselves. They've poured themselves out like Christ poured himself out and lowered himself mm-hmm. to serve and love other people well. So uh, I, I love that. I, you know, so as you share about that and you've given some examples of just learning about coming alongside people. Janice, you said something about like relationships. I'm not going to get it right. Where Mm -hmm. relationships, you know, scar us, relationships will heal us. That's what I heard. And that's so brilliant. I I think about sometimes we see, we compartmentalize traumas and hard things to the individual that it's happened to. And we forget about how like their individual thing their episode, their trauma, their mental health crisis isn't just theirs. It's connected to the people that love them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it beneficial for the people that are the as well, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Mothers, fathers, caregivers, mentors, for them to come to something like the initiative to understand it. Why is it beneficial for them to come and to learn what it means to come alongside someone? Yeah. I think a big part of it is a lot of the impacts of trauma is in the brain and it's unseen. Like I can't look at you right now and mm-hmm. tell how trauma has impacted you. Like I might see it in your behaviors, yeah. but as far as understanding that it, it's impacting your, your brain and your body, we don't see that. And so I think helping people to understand that and, you know, we show a couple pictures of a four-year-old brain, one that's healthy and one that had neglect. And the differences between those two brains is astounding. And you can't see that from the outside. And of no fault of their own, if someone has experienced trauma, it impacts how your brain receives information, how it responds. It's not that you're broken. It's just that your brain processes that a little differently. And so I think helping people to start understanding that I know for myself, as I've learned more about it, my compassion has grown significantly. And in that, my patience, my kindness, Mm -hmm. my willingness to be steadfast in walking with other people because I can understand better what is happening with them. Not that I'm perfect at it, because I'm not. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that growing that compassion and understanding in people makes for a healing relationship. Um, so to give you an example, research is starting to show us that some kids that have been diagnosed ADHD are actually hypervigilant from trauma. Mm-hmm. And so our treating them for ADHD is not helpful. So they continue to struggle in school, continue to struggle with their behaviors because we've missed that it's actually trauma. Mm -hmm. And so why education is so important? Why understanding that? Or like if you're a parent and you're treating your kid for ADHD and it's not helping, well, maybe you need to take a step back and be a detective. We talk a lot about being a detective in the trauma training, like observe, notice things. Um, Behavior is a language and especially in trauma. If you're seeing behaviors in someone that don't make sense, there's a reason for it. They may not be able to have words for what's going on. And so seeing behavior as a type of communication and being a detective and asking the questions and figuring that out. 
Is there a baseline level of conditions that's considered trauma by definition, or is it all in the eyes of the beholder? Because you get your little T's, car mm-hmm. accident, traumatic birth, relocating, uh, loss of job. Then you get your big T's. Yeah. And, and the, the tricky thing about trauma is that it impacts all of us differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is connected to addictions, for example. There is this propensity for it, and that is connected to um, how your body responds to stress. And so for some people that experience a lot of trauma, especially in childhood, those stress hormones are constantly revving through their body. And it's like that hypervigilant. And so drugs and alcohol is a real easy way to self-medicate that hypervigilance in you. And not that every person who is an addict has experienced trauma, but it is connected to that in many circumstances. Um, depression, anxiety also have connections to that. And with trauma, the bad news is we all will experience trauma, period. Yeah. Yeah. In some form, at some time of our life, we all will experience trauma. But if we're proactive, if we're educated, how we respond to that trauma can be healing mm-hmm. instead of making things a little bit harder for us. That's good. Now, this is off script, but on script, so don't, don't <laughs> shout too much at me. It's uh, um, bullying mm. um, online with our kids. Both of yeah. you guys have history with younger people yeah. um, in your practices. Like, what? This personal friend, I have a, a cute little thing. She's going to hear it and just love that I called her that. <laughs> She's eighth grade now, and... She just experienced some 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 bullying, and um, I've heard educators say that you know the continuum of care from school to home, and if parents know how to step into a situation with their child for maybe the care they've received at school or out of the bullying that they've received at school. So let me digress. Like, what are some places that parents, caregivers? Um, can lean in with their with their young person as they've experienced bullying, and how would you invite some of those parents in um, to walk alongside? It's a really great question, and I agree that it is a problem and a growing problem. Um, I'm really glad I'm not an adolescent mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. and what they face. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to proactive versus reactive, like fostering or I like to talk about having rhythms in your life and in your family life and even a rhythm of talking about things, having open communication, um, practicing Mm -hmm. like ahead of time. Um, Hey, let's role play this and you're going to be a bully online and I'm going to respond to you and do it the right way, do it the wrong way. But you're giving them opportunities to practice a behavior, which helps delay pathways in the brain. And so even ahead of time, having those discussions, um, I also think speaking truth, um, family scripts is a tool that we talk about and this idea of um, having these sayings or these, 
qualities that you just speak over your family. So um, words that heal that don't hurt. Um, in our family, we encourage each other. We don't tear each other down. But even just kind of building up these principles that you go back to in those moments with the kids. Hey, what do we say about words? And they're like, well, no, word says this. Yeah, well, let's talk about what just happened with you in regards to that. And let's talk through it. And what should your reaction be? A lot of it's, you know, practicing those things with them. It's hard. Can you see why she's our trauma trainer? Yeah, yeah I can. <laughs> so good. So good. I want to pour out my soul. Yes. I really do. Really, really good. So, okay. Well, let me add yeah, quickly go, to go. that. Yeah. Bullying like that causes stress in the body too. Yeah. Which impacts their ability to think clearly, make good decisions. So even if you start talking about, okay, what, what did that feel like in your body when that was happening? Helping them to recognize when they're getting stressed out and then empowering them and practicing with them. Well, what should you do when that happens? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, when we, and there's been research that recently came out about the levels of depression and anxiety in adolescent girls has just mm -hmm. skyrocketed. And so helping our kids have coping skills for that. So they know how to react when my body starts to feel stressed out. Mm -hmm. This is how I respond. And let's be honest, most adults don't know how to cope with their own stress. Yeah, yeah. And so it probably would be good for the parents to learn those things as well. But, you know, for us to empower our kids to know when I'm feeling stressed out and how I respond mm -hmm. um, sets them up for success. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Like Mitch, Mitch has been where I am now with two teenage daughters that are close in age. Um, you know, eighth grade and 10th grade um, coming up as we start a brand new school year. And just even hearing that, I'm like, oh, hey, man, like and not even in a playful way. Like I have seen. The exact like I've seen it, like I can see it in their affect and I, I've heard it in the stories that they've to told. And I've I mentioned one of my daughters more one than the other. And so just to I can attest to like, man, it's just. It's hard for those young ladies. Mm -hmm. It just really, really is. And so for just that encouragement for them to yeah, lean in, dad. Yeah, I hear you talking yeah. to me like lean in, listen, um, but also um, don't be shy to be equipped yeah. on, the, on the tools that you might, that I might need to continue to father my own, my own will. And I, I pray that those who are listening hear, hear that really you know, loud and clear. So. Well, and it's important for them to verbalize their feelings and what's going on in their brain. It's important for us to verbalize when a trauma has occurred. And, you know, um, what we encourage people to do is within 72 hours of something traumatic, you need to talk to somebody about it because that verbalizing of it stores it in a different part of the brain. If you don't talk about it, it gets stored in one place. If you do talk about it, it does. It's more healing if it gets stored in the verbal part. And so if you can talk with your teens, which I know is hard. <laughs> and so also like, it doesn't have to be spoken word. Even writing it down is still a verbal process. It's still getting those words out. And so if your teen doesn't want to talk to you, like have them write it down, write about it. Yeah, that's really good. That's, a, go, go. that's biblical. Dude. That is biblical too. Yeah. Write it down. That is, yeah. But to, to share in community, share. Uh, mm -hmm. bringing things to light. Yeah. You find that restoration and that healing mm -hmm. in community. You do. We do. Yeah, we do. You know, as we 
as we we kind of hit the home stretch here in our dialogue, which is really good. I mean, it's super rich, and I hope folks have again been blessed by listening. I, I want to talk, or at least hit on a couple different things. So, um, one of them is I want to give you guys the space to kind of celebrate maybe some things that have come out of the initiative. You've got these, you all that have come together that have said we're going to create a space for anyone, anyone to come in and be equipped and hear in these these four to five different areas. Are there a few stories that you can just say like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell those stories of like you're celebrating. Like these are some yeah. cool things that have happened. Yeah. Well, I already touched a little bit of a couple of organizations who their mentorship program has has increased. We've got another organization, Hope Alive, who's in our community that's now looking at opening up beds um, for those that have been trafficked. So that's huge. That's another win. Yeah. We've had anywhere from just. Um, organizations to individuals saying, Hey, this has given me, this is an awakening or a different perspective that I have that I can go into the workforce mm-hmm. or I'm working alongside a student or even how I parent. Yeah. I remember um, one guy that we were recently talking about how he get went through the training. He's like, Holy cow. I went home and just talked to my son differently. Mm. It just, it just, it was that fast, the application and the knowledge that's put to use. Um, I had got an email from another organization in our area that one of the staff, so the organization uh, comes alongside parents in crisis. Okay. So this particular staff member had just gone through the training about a month prior, and she had a mother that was in a vulnerable state. And when we're in a vulnerable state, our decision-making is a little cloudy. It's not so clear. and the staff member was picking up on that this mom was being groomed by a trafficker. Grooming being, you know, just trust being built over time um, by this trafficker. And so she was able to sit down with that mom and say, hey, um, this is what I see and was able to keep her safe. And so Mm. that was a huge one. Um, I just, yeah, there's just been the surveys that we get back and the testimonies that we get back, either from organizations that have gone through the training or just those lay people that how they can apply it day to day has just been awesome. So it's, it's great. Lots of good stories. Not just organizational impact. You know, a number of people have come up after and have been like, I didn't know that I experienced trauma. Yeah, the self-awareness. And like, this is making so much sense to me now. Yeah. And so it's at a personal level impacting people, which is amazing to see. They came maybe to learn so that they could help. And then it's like, oh, it's been, you know, something's been revealed in them, which I think is great. One of the the last things, and I'll let Mitch ask our our closing question that we always do is, um, can you just share a little bit about Train the Trainer? Yeah. And so, yeah, because yeah, because we're excited about that. In 20 sure. seconds, Sandra's a, a part of, um, at Love Fort Wayne, we have these advisory teams for all of our pillars, which are, again, people lowering themselves, coming together and saying, what could we do? What what should we do? What could we do? What will we do? And yeah. these love pillars, and you're part of that love our families pillar of how can we love and equip our families um, to in our city so that they flourish and so out of one of the, our, our strategic doing times in that team came this train the trainer. Yeah. And can you just share a little bit absolutely, about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So our illustrious Janice came and did a whole day of training and we had CEOs, we had principals, we even had a couple representatives from the mayor's office mm-hmm. come together in a room for a day and it was recorded. 
And that recording, along with study guides and other resources, is available on theinitiativefw.org. Yeah, it is. It is available to anybody. Yeah. Um, it is free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's it's stellar. It yeah. really is stellar. So yeah. Can you say one more time where to find that? Sure. Theinitiativefw.org. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I would call it trauma one one oh one. So we talk about what is trauma, how does it impact the body and behaviors and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about tools to use. How do you walk with someone? How do you help yourself? And then we do a third section on self-care. Mm. Because I believe if you're going to be walking alongside people in need of healing from trauma, you yourself need to be healthy. Yeah. And so how to gauge that and practices for keeping yourself healthy so that you can can walk with people, which I think for those of us who work in the nonprofit world or work in the church world, a lot of times the leaders aren't taking good care of themselves. So for me, it's important that that is always partnered with trauma mm-hmm. so that we have healthy people that are able to engage with others. So good. So good. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Man, we want to ask you and close with this. What? Looking in the rearview mirror, would you tell your 20-year-old self? Got him thinking. Mm-hmm. That's good. What would I tell my 20-year-old self? Dude, you didn't give us this a heads up. On no, this. I did. I did. And I you're did so splicing this part. <laughs> Man, I say there's going to be a um, tough question when I do that podcast. Yeah, really. Uh, here it is. Yeah, twenty year old self, man. Um, I wish I would have known what I know now. Then for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did, you would take things more in stride, knowing you don't have to I fix th- everything, write everything. Is absolutely, it that kind of a thing? absolutely. That. Um, it's okay to not have all the answers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, I think back to our conversations about normalizing. Mm. Looking at people differently, Mm -hmm. understanding that we all, I can line up 10 people. We all have stuff. We're all working through stuff and how to best come alongside other people. How to self-care, how to be a better, you know, identify those things even for myself to to show up as my best um, in order to come alongside other people. Um, yeah, I don't. No, that's good. That's good. That yeah, is good. You go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think um, I would add to that to not be afraid of trauma and hardship. Mm-hmm. That. There is a life after that, and there's healing after that. There's goodness mm. after it. Um, I think also um, to not be afraid of people who are in the midst of trauma or thinking about the vulnerable populations mm. that oftentimes feel like their life circumstances are a lot different than ours. And it can be a little fearful in engage, you know, engaging with them. 
whether it's someone in addiction or homelessness, or for me, it was, you know, being with trafficked or vulnerable, you know, youth and kids abroad. Um, they're just people mm-hmm. who are hurting yeah. and need, need us just to be with them. Mm-hmm. And they're not to be feared. They're not to keep away from us to protect ourselves, but actually there's a lot of healing and goodness that comes from engaging with them. And what they have taught me about, I mean, all I know about trauma, I've learned from the people I've walked beside. Like they're the ones that have taught me those things. Um, They're the ones that have grown my compassion and my passion for it. I think that's probably what I would speak over myself. Amen. Two really great answers. Yes. <laughs> Two really great answers. And I would say to those folks that are listening that are younger, because I know we do have those younger listeners, eat it. Eat it. I always say when somebody tosses to you, catch it. Mm-hmm. So thank you all. Thank you both, ladies. Thanks for having Bridges. us. Yeah. Sharing more about your heart for the work that you do, sharing um, yeah, all the unique stories and encouraging us to be a people that walk with others. Um, that we're connected to and also be aware of ourselves, maybe where we've experienced traumas. And uh, I just pray that those of you who have tuned in were blessed, that you receive something um, and that you can take it with you. And perhaps you'll pursue uh, attending one of the initiative sessions uh, as well. So that's all of our time for today, Mitch. It's been great. It's been great. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, uh, we hope to have you back for our next Love Fort Wayne podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this month. We drop a new episode the first Monday of every month. Love Fort Wayne has some amazing episodes coming up. You don't want to miss a single one. So subscribe today wherever you are listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and leave a review. We want to share your thoughts and comments with listeners on future episodes. Thanks again for joining us today. Join us next time as we hear from leaders that don't just lead, but love our city.